The views expressed on this show are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not those of radio station KICK, Vision Communications Incorporated, its management or advertisers. Vision Communications Incorporated is not responsible for the validity or accuracy of information presented on this program. Welcome, and thank you for entering at the Red Door. Today you'll be hearing from Father Jose from St. James Episcopal Church of Springfield. Feel free to listen in. The conversation starts now. Welcome to the Red Door Talk. Wherever you are right now, be safe and be blessed. You are the beloved of God, no matter who says otherwise. And that's what we believe in the core of our hearts. And that's what we want to invite you to believe in the core of your hearts. And I want to thank you for joining us. I'm Father Jose, priest at St. James Episcopal Church in Springfield, Missouri. And today I have uh, two people as my, of course, one person, Bishop-elect Dion, as my guest and my co-host, Dr. Kathleen Jackson. Just to give you a little introduction to Bishop-elect Dion, he moved here with his family to St. Louis from Brighton, Michigan in March 2020. After being elected at the Episcopal Diocese of Missouri's 180th Convention in November 2019, he most recently served as rector of St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Brighton, where he had been since 2006. Originally from Barbados, Bishop-elect Dion moved to New York as a teenager. He went on to study at the Case Western Reserve University and General Theological Seminary. He and his husband, Giovanni, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, uh, Dion, are the proud parents of two children. He enjoys cooking, photography, hiking, and being an armchair movie critic. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's wonderful to have you here on the show, Bishop Elect oh. Dion. Thank you. It's a joy to be here with you. Thank you. And then, of course, we have Dr. Kathleen Jackson. Kathleen is my co-host, and she had been in this program from the first program that we recorded about three, four months ago. Kathleen is a retired nurse and uh, from here in, in Springfield from Cox College, and uh, she was the dean of Cox College, and she's a member of St. James Episcopal Church. I've known her for the last two and a half years. Wonderful person get to know, and she works very hard. She's also head of the altar guild ministries and sunday schools and all kinds of different things what a delight to have you here kathleen thank you for being i enjoy it thank, thank you. you and um Today, we are going to talk about, uh, our conversation is going to be focused on my brother's keeper or my brother's and sister's keeper. But first, as we enter into that, uh, I want to uh, do a little prayer as today is the Pentecost, Sunday after Pentecost, which is the Trinity Sunday. And the prayer we use for this particular Sunday uh, in the book from the Book of Common Prayer is this, Almighty and everlasting God, you have given to us your servants grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory O father who with the son and the holy spirit live and reign one god forever and ever amen, amen. 
Anyway, that's a prayer uh, for today. And uh, I want to bring in the, as the focus point for us a piece of scripture from the book of Genesis. This is a story you have heard many times. And the story is this. Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. I'm choosing that scripture to delve deeper into what do we understand when we hear that scripture? Am I my brother's uh, keeper? And that question, when you hear that question, what exactly is going on in your mind? I want to ask Bishop Elak Dion to share his thoughts as he listens to that scripture. But first, before he goes into that, I want to hear this journey that he's on and he's newly elected <laughs> Bishop of uh, St. Louis, uh, you know, Missouri. And uh, there were lots of things that happened since the day he was elected and the consecration day, all of those things. There must be a lot of things going on in your mind, in your heart. I would like to hear your story, Bishop Dion, if you could please share your story. Oh, well, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so on November 23rd, 2019, um, I was elected to be the 11th Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Missouri. Um, and so in the 180 years of the diocese, I'm the, only the 11th person to be bishop to lead um, in this time and in this space. Um, and since then, I've had to, um, I've said goodbye to the parish that I was rector of for about 14 years, packed up my family and moved from everything we knew in Michigan mm -hmm. to um, one of the suburbs here in St. Louis area. Um, started a brand new job and living through a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a typical geez. year, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, everybody does that, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it has been. Um, people keep people have been asking me a lot. Um, what does it feel like to go through a transition, and what does it feel like to be starting something new? in this strange time um and my response is well i really don't know any other i mean mm. i we moved here and within two weeks we ended up um with stay-at-home orders and all that stuff and so my quote unquote normal has been doing meetings via zoom or phone call and whatnot so i I, I really don't know how to do this job any other way than we've, than we've been doing it right now. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's going to be weird when I'm actually going to be having like regular meetings with people and, you know, having to drive. <laughs> I mean, this, this morning I had to get up, I had to stop by the office to pick some stuff up and we have a, a, a walkthrough for the consecration coming up. Um, and I had to put on like socks and shoes today for the first time <laughs> in a couple of weeks and it was just kind of okay, this is this is weird, like, the box, what are these things? <laughs> um, so, so it, 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 it's, I mean, normal is relative. And yeah. so for me, it, it's been, it's been, it's both been challenging and invigorating at the same time, because I think what it's done, it's invited the church with a capital C to really re-examine, like, the question that you're asking, who is my brother's keeper? Mm -hmm. Um 
I think we're realizing more and more that we are all in this together. Hmm. Um, this, this time of pandemic, yeah. it's not just hitting one person or a group of people, it's hitting all of us. Correct. Um, and I know there are people who push back against, you know, the physical distancing and wearing masks and cleaning everything. But the reality is, I mean, wearing a mask and the, the other precautions that we take aren't about us. Mm-hmm. It's about the other person. It's about recognizing, you know, when Jesus said to love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and mm-hmm. to love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. that these are acts of loving our neighbor as, as ordinary and as plain as they may be. It's about taking care of the other person. Mm-hmm. And I suspect by the time we are done with this time of pandemic, there will be a refocusing on on both community and connectedness. Very true. Very true. You know, the, I think a lot of people really do not get that one piece you said, uh, Dion, that, uh, you know, this is not about me. This is about the other. It's difficult for people to actually understand what that means truly. You know, what do you think, Kathleen? Well, I was just thinking that sometimes I think as Christians, we have a tendency to say our brothers and sisters are other Christians. But when we adopt the principles of social distancing, or as my friend Reverend Lauren likes to call it, holy distancing or holy spacing, and we use our mask, we are actually saying that the whole world is our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. We we are sort of being forced to adopt <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus's commandment to love everyone, because mm-hmm. I don't get the privilege of saying, "Well, you're a Christian, I'm going to wear my mask around you," or "You're not a Christian, so I'm going to take it off." I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. we're we're being pushed in a way to embrace the whole world. Correct. Yeah. You know, in 1919, when we had the Spanish flu pandemic, uh, there was a beautiful poem that was written by Kathleen O'Mara. And this is a poem. A people stay, and people stayed at home and read books and listened, and they rested and did exercises and made art and played and learned new ways of being and stopped and listened more deeply Someone meditated, someone prayed, someone met their shadow, and people began to think differently, and people healed. And in the absence of people who lived in ignorant ways, dangerous, meaningless, and heartless, the earth also began to heal. And when the danger ended, the people found themselves. They grieved for the dead and made new choices and dreamed of new visions and created new ways of living and completely healed the earth just as they were healed. You know, I got this email today, and I had completely forgotten about it until Dion shared. You know, when he talked about that, I thought, that's exactly the poem that I read earlier today. There is a healing that takes place when we begin to share, when we begin to care for our brother and sister. Yeah, there is. I mean, and and I I think it goes beyond Mm -hmm. our our human brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, as Christians, we have been charged to be stewards of creation. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know that creation has been, uh, for for lack of a better word, violated um, in so many ways. And one of the things that I've, I've been noticing, and I suspect more people are, 
um, we are blessed to have a backyard. And so I, I, I begin my morning by standing out in the backyard, depending on the temperature outside. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I realized, especially in, over the spring, that I was paying attention a lot more to the birds. Mm-hmm. And at night, I was hearing the cricket, like crickets, like who listens to crickets? Um, <laughs> like, like, like you could hear nature almost taking a big sigh of relief. <laughs> right. Very, very um, so and so that... I, I, I think part of it is is also recognizing that our, our our brother and sister in in nature that they are also um, being affected by this in in pos- and hopefully positive ways. You know, it's so wonderful that you to hear that, uh, Dion, because you know I love Saint Francis of Assisi. And mm-hmm. in that particular hymn of the Canticle of Brother Sun, that is something that he would call Brother Sun, Sister Moon, Mother Moon. Earth. You know, mm-hmm. praise God, and which is also a repetition of the Psalm, one of the Psalms. I can't remember exactly. I'm I'm bad at that remembering to quote something. <laughs> Maybe Rob needs to help me. What is that, Rob? You said you know what is the particular Psalm where we you know invite the nature to praise God. Well, okay, he's drawing a blank as well, Bishop. <laughs> I, I, I think you're talking, I could be wrong, yeah. we're either 149. I yes, think. yeah, where we are praising God with the nature, you know, brother and sister. So I want to continue that conversation, but I do want to take a little break and we will come back in the next minute uh, to continue this conversation. I want to say you're listening to the Red Door Conversations. This program is supported by an Episcopal church near you. And I want to tell you they are all over the place. As Episcopalians, we ask questions. We seek answers. We question what we don't understand. But I have to tell you at the end, when we don't get what we are asking, we let God handle what we don't understand. If you would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at the www.thereddoor.org or you can email us at the email address enter at thereddoor.org. It's delighted to have you. We'll be back in a few minutes. The Red Door Conversations are supported in part by the House of Blessings Retreat and Renewal Center in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. You can take your church leadership team, ministry teams, and other groups of up to 40 people for overnight retreats, family reunions, and other events. For more information, visit them on the web at www.houseofblessings.org or call 479-253-7379. Listen to the Red Door Conversations and walk in through a Red Door near you. Visit them on the web at www.thereddoor.org. I want to welcome you back to this conversation at the Red Door. You know, sometime back when we first began these Red Door conversations, I said in one of those uh, shows, I said, walk into the Red Door. Please don't ever walk into the Red Door. Walk through the Red Door. And Father Tim said, Joes, nobody should walk into the red door. They should be able to walk through the red door. And that's what I want to say. Walk through the red door and the Episcopal Church with red doors are all over the place. You can be who you are and walk in through that red door and hear these type of conversations sometimes that are difficult to understand. Sometimes we don't know what we are talking about. But in the end, we know we love each other. And so I want to invite you to uh, walk through a red door to any of these communities that we have 
around the country. And so today, my guests are Bishop-elect Dion and Dr. Kathleen Jackson, who is my co-host and delighted to have them here on the show. And uh, we ended the segment earlier when we took the break, talking about the creation as the brother and sister. And Bishop-elect Dion was uh, sharing some thoughts in the break time as he was sharing. I thought, wow, that's a wonderful thing for us to hear more about who we are in the eyes of God and what the nature and the creation is in the nature of God. I want to invite Bishop-elect Dion to share that thought from the scriptures as well as his own thoughts about the creation as brother and sister. Could you please? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, throughout our sacred scriptures, we hear that creation, um, that, that we are part of creation, but that all creation comes along um, in God's plan. I mean, I, I love that image from St. Paul where he talks about that Christ's resurrection wasn't just about um, humanity, mm-hmm. but it was the whole creation. And Paul often uses that language of, you know, the whole, the creation is, is yearning and groaning for God's completion. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you really want to get into kind of seeing the creation as our brothers and sisters as well, um, St. Francis of Assisi has a wonderful um, the canticle, of, uh, the canticle of the Sun, mm-hmm. where he refers to our sister the moon and our brothers the wind and the air and, you know, Mother Earth. It's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful rephrasing of Psalm 148 um, that calls everything to praise God. Yeah. And so for, for us to be able to see that, you know, part of our responsibility as stewards of creation mm-hmm. is to care for creation as well as care for people. Um, and that's a delicate balance. I think that we have many times prioritized people overlooking at the whole system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, one of the things, Kathleen, I want to go on with that thought and want to say, you know, what we have here from B.B. King, a quote from B.B. King, I'm trying to get people to see that we are our brother's keeper, red, white, black, brown or yellow, rich or poor. And I want to add even the fur babies, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and with Father, uh, you know, Dion, I said, Dion is talking about the even the fur babies and the plants and the leaves. We we all have the blues. Right. So I want yeah. to hear your thoughts. Well, you all are making me think about when um, a few years ago I was a wildlife rehabilitator in mm. Virginia. Mm-hmm. And a large part of the animals that went through our house and were rehabilitated and put out were uh, squirrels and raccoons. And somebody I know questioned me one time and said, well, are those endangered species? And I, I said, no. But my, my feeling, and I've always loved animals all my life. I used to want to be a veterinarian when I was young. And so I was really honoring my inner veterinarian. But um, I felt about it, the way I felt about it was, we have taken so much of the environment away from wild animals that this was a way to give back. Very small, very small. I mean, the numbers of creatures I saved were not, you know, impactful that way. But it. But I felt a real calling to give mm-hmm. back 
in trying to, re- you know, I'd get these little creatures. Like I had a, a little squirrel I called Noah because mm-hmm. he was found in a storm drain in the rain. Mm-hmm. And he was freezing mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. And I brought him back to life and got him to where he could go out and be in the wild again. Right. And he would have yeah. died. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this, that the, the creatures around us are also our brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, something that when you said you may not have done a whole lot of things or to change, a, to make an impact. And the only thing, as soon as you said that, what came to my mind is, and I, I you know, you have heard me quote Mother Teresa a thousand times. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> mother, used to, mother used to say, yeah, you know, the times that I've worked with her, one of the things that she always said was this, a drop of water that is not in the sea is a drop of water that is not in the yes. sea. Yeah. It may be yeah. just a drop of water for you, but that is still missing from the sea. So it may be one raccoon or a little squirrel that is being you know, saved, but still that is one drop that is being saved. And right. you have yeah. become... Well, and so, yeah, and go, I, ahead. go ahead, Bishop. I would say, I, I, I would add that don't discount saving that one little squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, to, to, to quote Mother Teresa again. I mean, she she, she has this wonderful quote that t- that talks about you know small acts of kindness put together change the world. Very true. Well, they certainly help um, help my soul. I have to say. Yeah. I mean, what I did was really. Um, it was a time in my life where it was really healing for mm-hmm. me. I I recognize the selfish component of that. And I, I guess that goes back to uh, the Dalai Lama saying, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, like, I, I have this wonderful illustration that I use occasionally of um, a little girl walking along the seashore after a really big storm, and all these starfish have washed up on the shore, and, I mean, like, thousands of them. Mm. And if they're left in the sun, they're going to die. And she's walking along the shore and picking them up and throwing them back into the ocean one by one. (laughs) And someone walks by her and says to her, "Um, you know, that's not going to really make a big difference. There are too many starfish for you to throw back in. Mm -hmm. And she bends down and she picks up a starfish and throws it back into the water and says to the person, it made a difference to that one. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so true. And, you know, that imagery is fantastic, uh, Dion, because that imagery gives us, you know, yeah, it makes a world of difference to that one starfish that is uh, mm-hmm. thrown back into the sea. You know, I think in the midst of our anxiety with what is going on and, uh, you know, keeping some other, uh, other people safe, uh, you know, you will meet people who are anxious and afraid and worried worried with the political differences. Uh, so how would you help them to get through this time? How can you help them understand they are a brother and sister to someone else who is, regardless of how they look and act like, as, you know, B.B. King says, red, white, black, brown, yellow, rich, poor, fur babies, or leaves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how would you share, how would you help them, Dion, such a person well, to, yeah. One of the, um, I, I happen to be a fan of Little Richard, who mm-hmm. died, I think, last week. And he, he has a wonderful quote that said, I'd, I'd like to give my love to everybody and let them know that the grass may look greener on the other side, but believe me, it's just as hard to cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of the time, the folks who are most resistant, 
Um, to, to some of the physical distancing and wearing masks and all that stuff. I think a lot of the folks that are most resistant to that um, are, are, are in need of or looking for what does compassion look like. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I have some friends who, are, who, who think this is just a hoax and, you know, you let, you let, you know, survival of the fittest, let some of the folks who need to go away, go away. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. That is, sure. for me, that is not anywhere near where God calls us to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I have to say to him, you know, on some level, you can't just think of you. Um, ima- and I often say, imagine if it was your mother or mm-hmm. your father or your son or your daughter or one of these folks who, if it's someone who's close to you that's sick, you would want every measure taken for them. Mm-hmm. And if something as simple as wearing a mask and staying six feet away from people that you're not sharing a common germ pool with mm-hmm. is a small step that you can take, why would you not take that small step? Correct. Yeah. You know, that what you said is so true. Until it becomes personal to us, mm-hmm. it's difficult for people to actually, uh, you know, do something about it. And I, I think, the, uh, I keep going back to this quote from B.B. King, red, white, black, brown, yellow, rich, poor, all of that. Until I know someone who is different, mm-hmm. until I know someone who is personally I'm connected to, until I know someone who is ill in my own family, I, that part of me remains completely blind. Yeah. I, I don't experience well, it. I, I it's, think it's th- like, it's, oh, I was going to say, it, it's like, the, I mean, it's compassion. I mean, if you look at what, compa- I mean, compassion is made up of two words, mm-hmm. compatio and patio. So mm-hmm. pa- um, it, it means to suffer with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or to walk with. Right. Well, I think there's another element here that that we may be, uh, uh, you know, not yet discussing, is that there's so much fear, and and mm-hmm. it's hard to be compassionate when you are afraid, mm-hmm. and there yeah. is so much unknown and new information about this virus comes up every day, and it's very and I I think, um, you know, just working with people in healthcare who have, I've worked with, I worked in pediatrics, so I worked with a lot of parents who were very, very afraid. And you don't like to hear about what that you're afraid of. And so, and I also think the mind abhors a vacuum. So when there's, when I can't tell you exactly why or what's going on with this virus, you go, oh, okay, so somebody else said, oh, it's all a big conspiracy, so I'll just buy into that conspiracy theory because it makes me feel better and calmer, yeah. and I don't have to be afraid if it's all a hoax. <laughs> and so I don't have to face it mm-hmm. because it's an <laughs> unknown. And, it, and I have compassion for that because it is scary. How do you yeah. face um, a demon who's unknown to you? You don't know how that's demon's going to act. So maybe (laughs) if you just shut your eyes, the demon won't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what little kids do. Like, no, 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 I'm not listening. (laughs) (laughs) If I shut, if I put my hands over my eyes, will it go away? You know? Yeah. Or you turn the light on and the monster under the bed is gone. So, you know. Well, uh, uh, what I would add to that, especially around the fear, 
is whenever God is doing doing something new, the first the, the first thing that the messenger of God begins by saying is, "Do not be afraid." Yes, uh, very true. That's all throughout over. the scripture. That's all you you hear every time God begins to interact. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Fear not. I mean, this is repeated over and over. And what happens the second that God says, "Do not fear." people fear. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it true? I read I read something recently that it's like 365 times in the Bible. It says do one not be day. afraid. Yeah. yeah, so there's one for every day. Every day, every day. <laughs> you know, we are running out of time, but I do think that's where I want to stop our conversation is exactly what Bishop Elect Dion says that the yes, do not fear. Every time God creates something, there is that opportunity for us to trust him again and again and again. So I do want to thank you, uh, Dion, for bringing that thought, uh, you know, that scripture into this conversation. Very clean, simple, clear direction for us. Do not be afraid. And I want to thank uh, uh, Bishop Elect Dion and Dr. Kathleen for being with us today. And thank you, all of you who are listening to us today. You had been listening to the Red Door Conversations. The Red Door is the door of mercy, kindness, and acceptance and welcome of all people without worrying about what your sexual preference is or why, wh- uh, wh- how you look like or what you talk like. It doesn't matter. We are a diverse group of people with total openness to all people of all gender and orientation, serving, and the key word is being served at the altar and in your homes. Find out more about us at reddoor.org. Before we go off the air, remember, you are the beloved of God, and God is pleased with you, and we are pleased with you. Have a wonderful day. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs>